Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am here with Sarah Cleveland. She is an author that I've actually known for a while on Twitter. Um, I, when I was back doing my um, first chapter Friday recordings, uh, which I unfortunately had to um, give up due to scheduling difficulties, um, but I actually read the first chapter of her book, Baird Magic, um, on the podcast. So I will for sure link that for you guys so you can check it out. But I am thrilled that Sarah was able to come on the show with me today. And we are going to chat. We were having some really fun conversations before uh, we hit record. So uh, we may continue that for you guys. We may not. Who knows? But we are definitely going to talk books. We are definitely going to talk writing. And we are definitely going to have a good time. So grab your tea. Grab your wine. Grab your laundry, Caroline. We're going to get started. Sarah, thank you so, 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 so much. You, um, I sent out a tweet yesterday. Um, I had had several people that had signed up uh, to be a guest on my podcast. Um, and I had reached out to them several, you know, reached out to several of them over the course of the week. And um, for some reason, I was just not getting anybody to respond back. Anybody who did was not free today. And so I sent out a tweet yesterday. I'm like, I don't want to have to cancel you guys. So, you know, come on, hook me up with a guest. And you were the first one that responded. And as soon as you did, I was like, yes, perfect. Okay. Because, um, I mean, you and I, we've known each other for, for quite a while. Um we haven't been able to interact uh, very much recently. Um, the algorithm has just, it has not been showing me the right people. Well, not, I wouldn't say that. Um, has not been showing me the people that I'm used to seeing, I should say. Um, and so I, I was thrilled that you commented. I was thrilled that you were free today. So um, we're going to have a good time. I'm super excited. I'm very happy to be here. And I would agree the algorithm has been interesting i don't think i see the variety that i used to like i i see i mean i'm seeing a lot of authors and a lot of writers which is you know pretty much who all all that i follow um so i'm used to seeing authors and i'm used to seeing people talk about their works in progress i'm just not seeing the same people and so it's you know us Twitter vets, I guess you could call us before the the minor meltdown a few months ago. Um, yes, I'm going to call it the minor meltdown. We'll just, you know, Twitter has survived, so it couldn't have been that big, right? Um, 
but before all, <laughs> right? <laughs> you just crossed your fingers. Um, but you know, a lot of us were around before that happened. And, um, you know, we had just, we had been able to grow this big, huge community. And then the minor meltdown happened and a lot of people left. And so when a lot of people left, you know, I was like, well, I got to find other people to chat with and I got to find other people to interact with. And so I, you know, started interacting with a bunch of different people. And now, so now my feed has completely changed. And if there's anybody that I specifically want to talk to, I either have to DM them or I have to tag them. And, um, you know, I have ADHD. So of course, out of sight, out of mind, mind. if you didn't show up in my feed, um, you know, chances are my brain is just not going to remember. And that's so sad because I have all of these friendships and all of these relationships that I've built with people. And I miss out on a lot of that because, um, my feed has changed. So, um, being able to see you in my feed and, and being able to see your face and chat with you for a little while, it's, it makes me happy. <clears throat> I'm very happy to be here. I, I don't see your tweets as much anymore either. I find that I'm doing a lot more using the search bar to go find people's profiles and like scroll through. And I feel like a creeper because I'm like, I'm going to scroll through and see what they've posted recently. If there's anything I need to like, like and retweet because I'm just not seeing it yeah. on my page. Um, a lot of the people that I used to interact with the most um, were a bunch of us are in a, um, a DM group for a book club and it's now like a lot of the conversations that I think we would have had on feed on main have moved mm-hmm. to the DM because that's where we could find each other. Right. Yeah. I, um, I started, uh, my friend Gabe and I, um, record a, a fan podcast. Um, and we started recording through discord, um, because we, the way that we had been recording was just not working anymore. And just FYI for my listeners, my cat is going crazy. Um, normally he climbs up on the bed and goes to sleep. He has decided he doesn't want to do that today. Um, so I may at some point have to set you talking uh, long enough for me to run over and kick him out. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully he'll calm down. Um, but Gabe and I we, we used to talk through, like he would tweet something out and I would comment. And then we'd have like this little Twitter conversation through comments. Um, and you know, or I would DM him and we would DM back and forth. And now that we have the, uh, the discord server for our podcast, we just talk there. And, you know, I'm like, if there's something that I want to say to, to him specifically, I just go to discord and just message him there. <laughs> because that's going to be the easiest way for me to reach him, especially if it's important or um, I think it's important or it's just something that I want to talk to him about. It's just easier over there because I know I can find him. I know that he'll see it. I know that he'll respond. Um, So it's, I, the, the Twitter feed has just been, it's been weird. I mean, I, I love meeting new people. I, you know, so I'm finding like a bunch of new friendships, but at the same time, I'm kind of missing my old ones. So it's, you know, I, I'm trying to find that balance of being able to find like my, my OG peeps, 
Um, and, you know, a mix of, of my Muji peeps. Um, yes, that is a new term that apparently I just coined. So, <laughs> um, hopefully we will have more laughs, um, throughout the episode, but, um, real quick, um, I had told you, um, yesterday when we were planning this, that I needed you to have like a small bio. Um, mm-hmm. so real quick, tell everybody who you are, um, what your writing is about, um, and just kind of what inspires you. Okay. So, um, my name is Sarah Cleveland spelled just like the city in Ohio. I've heard all the jokes. Uh, <laughs> and she's actually from Ohio, you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, I cannot go into a bar without getting a joke. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. I am a software engineer by trade. That is still what I do. And I, I work in um, actually library book distribution as a software engineer. So it's very um, relevant, I guess. That's so fun. Um, and uh, I write primarily fantasy romance. Um, I plan to branch out eventually, but I've got a couple series going, so I need to finish those up and not ADD in the wrong direction. <laughs> I, yeah, I, um, this year I had decided that, um, I had changed up my, um, my reading goals a little bit, uh, for this year, you know, because most people at the beginning of the year, they'll set, you know, okay, I want to read this many books and, you know, I, or, you know, I want to read this many eBooks and I want to listen to this many audiobooks and I want to read this many hard copy books. And, you know, I'm like, well, first of all, congrats for being able to listen to audiobooks. People who can do that and can listen to audiobooks, not just listen to them, but be able to tell you what they're about. And they've listened to them at two times speed, double speed, and be able to tell you what they're about. Those two things I am like, I am so full of admiration for because I'm like, the fastest I can listen, I think, the fastest I've ever listened to an audiobook was like 1.4 speed. And I could only tell you about maybe half the book when I was done. Um, because my poor ADHD brain <laughs> loses track because it just moves into, into the background. So it's like I can either listen to an audiobook or I can do other things. I can't do both. It's... I... When I listen to audiobooks, there are some narrators I have to speed up a little bit, like 1.2, 1.3, because the narrator is just too slow. And if it's too slow, my brain checks out. Um, but if it's too fast, my brain checks out. And I can't be doing anything that requires me to actually think. So the the best time for me to listen to audiobooks specifically is when I'm washing dishes. Um, when I'm like crochet, if my hands are busy, but my brain is empty. I can listen to the audiobook. Otherwise, I'll get into doing something and 20 minutes will go by and I'll realize I haven't heard a single word of the audiobook that I'm listening to. Thank so, you. Happens to me all the time. I I do listen to audiobooks, but I spend a lot of time re-listening to them because I'm always rewinding going, okay, where was I? Because my brain checked out and I missed it. But I do manage to get through a few of them. <laughs> 
I even it, it helps when the narrator's engaging. It really makes a huge difference for me who is narrating the book. Right. I even tried like I can do I can do an audiobook in my car. Um I yeah, driving have, works too. I have listened to um The Lion Game by Ruth Ware. Um, which again, it helps that the narrator was amazing. She had the most beautiful voice and the most beautiful accent. Um, and so I listened to that one and then it was so funny because I tried, I bought the ebook and I tried reading the book and got lost because <laughs> I'm like, where's, where's the, the beautiful voice? I can't like, I, I can't. So, um, you know, so I, I listened to that one, but I listened to that one while I was driving. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I had gotten, I think, the the CD set from the library. Yes, my car still has a CD player. Um, can't tell you the last time I used it, but <laughs> it has one. Um, and then I listened to um, The Fiance by Kate White. And I think that was like the last one that I actually went all the way through and was able to tell you what it was about. Um, and that one I listened to at my day job. So, you know, it just, but I have to be super careful about what I'm doing when I'm listening to an audiobook because that same thing will happen. 20 minutes later, I'll be like, what the heck is going on? And, you know, but podcasts don't do the same thing to me. I can listen to a podcast and unless I'm doing something that requires my brain, I can actually follow a podcast. I don't get it. I I can for certain podcasts. It depends on what it is. Like um I, all the examples just left my brain. <laughs> I think the audiobooks that I most recently listened to um that I really enjoyed um were actually well it was a series of novellas. So I listened to The Murderbot Diaries um by Martha Wells. Um, and I had not really been doing audiobooks lately until I listened to those. And I listened to them like rapid succession, checked one after the other out on Libby and, uh, listened to them all. And then I got to the end and I'm like, I'm so sad. They're gone. There is no more for now. Uh, and then I went to check out another book. Um, so this is Ever After by F.T. Lucan. And it happened to be the same narrator and I didn't even notice it until I was like, a couple chapters in and I'm like wait a minute this voice is really familiar (laughs) and it was the same narrator um okay my cat is trying to eat my clothes hold I'm gonna set you loose tell us what those audiobooks those novellas are about the narrators all of that stuff I'm gonna kick my cat out oh the murderbot diaries are about um this uh humanoid like part human part robot uh who gets loose from the control that he's under and how he um, kind of breaks the, he I don't know it I I'm forgetting precisely how the murder bot was gendered um, but we'll they just for ease of description sake yeah uh, they so they 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 get loose from the control that was holding them, um, but they don't want to be destroyed or put back under it. So they continue to pretend that their governor module works. And so they um, 
just continue to do their job. But um, in their free time, they're able to um, watch um, basically like soap operas. Oh, God. And it's just, it's, um, and that's like a recurring theme through each subsequent novella and and the full length novel is uh, that Murabat just loves soap operas and learned about being human from soap operas. But he doesn't, but he doesn't want to be human. Um, so it's like it's learning these things so that it can like kind of pass when it needs to, but it doesn't actually want to be human. It it is what it is. It's um, anyway, they're really good. They're just fun futuristic sci-fi. Um, I believe they've won a bunch of awards, which um, I just they're great. So, but the audio is really good. <laughs> I highly recommend it. I wish I could remember who the narrator is. I might, yeah, I might have to, um, I might have to look that up and see if I can find that out. Um, I listened to um, the the first few um, Dresden Files by, um, oh heavens, Jim. Jim Butcher. Thank you, Butcher. I knew it was a B name. I almost said Jim Brown. And I'm like, no, that's, that's the author of that other book I really like. Um, <clears throat> so the first few of the Dresden Files books is are narrated by James Marsters. And um, any Buffy fans out there or Angel fans out there know precisely who James Marsters is. And um, he has got the best narr- like audiobook voice. He just does. I I started listening to the first one and I'm like that voice sounds so familiar. Wait, and I, I've seen Buffy, but I don't know who we're talking Spike. about. Spike. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, but he's, but he doesn't um, speak with an accent. Like he is, he uses his American accent. So it takes a minute to realize who, who it was. And cause you know, you, like Wesley, Wesley is American. First time I heard him speak with his American accent, I about had a coronary. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, you know, it was just it absolute mind blown that I'm like, this is not the right voice. No, that that's a, that's a weird voice coming out of that face. That's no. Um, and it was kind of the same reaction with James Marsters. And which I've actually since learned that when he accepts a role um, for a TV show or for a movie, if it does not require an accent, he's like, I'm out. <clears throat> he just, he loves doing the the characters with accents. And, but he narrated the first few of the, of the Dresden Files books. And I'm listening to it. And I'm like, sounds so familiar. Who is that? And so I looked up the narrator and I'm like, James Marsters, Google James Marsters. Oh my God. (laughs) And so then I was absolutely obsessed with the first, you know, and then I, you know, started at like book six or seven and it was a different narrator. And I'm like, I'm out. Oh, narrators, narrators make all the difference. They really do. They, and there's some books that regardless of narrator, are just better in audio. 
um, you know, I listened to um, a discovery of witches mm-hmm. um, several years ago. And, you know, I was super excited for the TV show, super disappointed in the TV show. That's a whole other soapbox we can jump on at some point. Um, but so I listened to the audiobook when I was at work and um, it was beautiful. I mean, the story was perfect and I could like imagine all of these settings and, you know, the descriptions were gorgeous. And then like the, the Lion game, I tried reading the hard copy and I couldn't do it. I couldn't get past all of the flowery descriptions and all of the, you know, extraneous word usage and, you know, all of that. And I'm like, this is so much better in audio. Um, yeah, I'm just, I, I can't. Um, and so there's just some books that are better in audio, I I personally, this is my personal opinion, think that my most recent book is better in audio. I think my narrator took a decent book and made it good. <laughs> like, um, like and you're, should... you're talking about like a book you wrote, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I I am my own like worst critic, so like I'll be like, oh yeah, my book is my book is okay. It's like I should be saying no, my book is great. You should read my book, but I. I don't I have think, it in me most of the time. Most authors are like that, honestly. But uh, Harry did an amazing job with the narration uh, to the point where normally I really struggle to like l- listen through my own writing. Um, I just it, it makes me like cringe on the inside. Um, I actually kind of forgot I was listening to my own book Aww. because uh, he just did such a great job with the narration. So. It really does make all the difference in the world. Like, <laughs> I yeah, I was I was told um, a while ago. I think it was during um, the time that I was doing the first chapter Fridays. I had several people told tell me that I should be a an audiobook narrator, and I'm like, if I had the time and the space to devote to that, I totally would. But I don't have a soundproof space in my house. I don't have, you know, because when you narrate an audiobook, you have to have like a dedicated soundproof Mm -hmm. space. And, you know, you have to have like the really good microphone and you have to have like the really good system. And, you know, it's like, I just don't have the the space or the the bandwidth to to vote to that. and, you know, people who do and people who can take a really good book and make it a really great book um, because of their narration style, I think is amazing. And, um, you know, it's just from doing the first chapter of Fridays, it is not an easy job. No, it's not. <laughs> I I mean, there I had to tell people like right at the like right in the introductions, I'm like, if I make a mistake, I'm not going back and starting over, you guys. I don't edit. If I make a mistake, I'm just going to continue on. And um, I, I'm sure I made several mistakes um, because, you know, I was just like, I, you know, this is for a podcast. This is not for an audiobook. If it were an audiobook, I would have to, like, stop and start over at the beginning, even if it was, like, five chapters ago, I I would be so screwed. 
Nah, you just gotta cut and cut and paste. It's <sighs> it's not. I actually don't mind the um. I don't mind doing like audio editing, so long as it's not my own voice. <laughs> That's the thing that I would not be able to do as an audiobook producer is sit there and listen to myself. Um, so I, I envy people who can do that. That <laughs> couldn't well, be me. And it's it's so funny that you say that because that is um, you know I've had people ask to for transcripts of my podcast episodes, and until I discovered that Word Online has a transcript thing that they use where you can upload audio and it will create a transcript. They're not perfect. They're not great. Um, but they're a good starting point. Um, I, you know, I was like, I had to listen to myself talk. Um, yeah. Okay. (laughs) We'll see how this goes. Cause (laughs) Pam has trouble listening to herself talk. Um, and so, yeah, I, I completely get that. I'm like, that's, and that's part of the reason why I don't edit these Saturday chats because, you know, and I tell my guests, um, whenever I can that, no, I don't edit. If, if you have a, a word foible or word foible, really, um, a word flubber, um, and yes, I, I'm aware that I just used flubber, um, instead of flub, but, um, <laughs> I did that on purpose just to make people laugh. Um, if you, you know, if you mess up a word, it's gonna be out there. Sorry. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I think it makes us sound more human and it makes us sound more authentic because, um, you know, you listen to these podcasts, um, like for example, uh, the New York times, um, book review podcast. I listened to them for a long time and found some really great books through them. But their editing and their, like, the way that they did their podcast was you were basically, like, listening to a TV show. Yeah. It was just so scripted and so just, you know, yeah, it was, that was great for what it was. It's the New York Times. But I'm like, that's not me and that's not my brand and that's not what I'm about. I am about introducing authors to the world. I am about you know, encouraging them and cheering them on and, you know, all of that. And I can't do that without sounding like myself. And I can't do that without being as authentic as I possibly can. And that's so hence no editing. Sorry, guys. (laughs) If we flubber, then that's just what we do. It's totally fine. (laughs) I mean, it's the same thing if you go on on like a live stream, right? Whatever's coming out of your mouth, that's what everybody's going to hear. Exactly. Um, so, eh, it is what it is. It is, yeah, it is what it is. And it just, it happens, you guys. Um, so, it's pretty much like the first draft of a book. Um, and I, I had one author a while ago, um, I asked him for a piece of advice that he would give a brand new author. And he goes, recognize that your first draft is going to suck. Okay. <laughs> That's what editing is for. Okay. Rec- you know, so yeah, the, you know, the podcast is, you know, it doesn't suck, but it's not, it hasn't gone through editing. It hasn't gone through, you know, any of those things that 
we normally would do to fix all of the all of the little things that can go wrong. I would add an addendum to that. <laughs> go right ahead. Which is the first draft uh, may suck for some people. Um, other people write very clean drafts. Yeah. Um, so no, no two people's processes are going to be the same oh, no. as no two podcasts are going to be the same. So you got to do the process that works for you. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so you either need to embrace the suckiness and roll with it and polish it up in post, or you need to accept that there's some imperfections, but it's still good and roll with it. So like, well, and you know, there's, my, there's two sides. My husband, um, I was, he had asked me, uh, to crochet him an Afghan, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, I asked him what color he wanted. And of course he wanted red because it's his favorite color. And so I went and um, bought the yarn and I started working on his afghan. And there are a couple places in this afghan where uh, I used the, um, the granny square stitch. And um, there are a couple places where my three double crochet is only one double crochet. And I would notice as I was going, cause you crochet in the round. So I was, I would notice as I was going around, I'm like, crap. And I was so frustrated. And my husband looked at me and he goes, when it comes to crochet, especially, and this works for a lot of things too. But he said, when it comes to Afghans and when it comes to homemade things, the beauty is in the flaws. And, you know, so I'm like, and I, so I looked at him, I was like, you mean you want me to leave it? And he goes, yeah, it's proof that it was handmade. Okay. And so there's like three or four places in this Afghan that he absolutely loves that it's got some flaws. And, you know, so while, you know, I do think that, you know, the, the first draft of a work in progress is not going to be the author's best work. Right. Never. It may, it may not suck. It may be a very clean draft, um, but it's not going to be the best work that that author can put out. That is what right. happens when they go back and edit. That is what happens when they go back and rewrite. So, um, you know, I, I think that recognizing that and working with it rather than against it, rather than letting that imposter syndrome take over because your book isn't as great as the Stephen King book that was published three months ago. His book probably went through like seven editors before and I have still found mistakes in his books. Oh yeah. You're, you're, you're never going to catch them all because everyone involved in the process is human. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, I, I was mentioning my, my friend Gabe earlier, uh, before we hit record, um, hi Gabe. And, um, I was reading his book, uh, the orchid and the lion. And I sent him a screenshot of a, of a particular sentence. And I'm like, I, I thought you might want to know that this is, this is here. And it was a place where he had used, um, the word world instead of the word word. And, you know, I was like, thought you might want to know that this is here. 
And he is a, he is an author that he has a critique partner. He has an editor. He has at least three to six beta readers and alpha readers per book. Yeah. And so it was, you know, he had all of these people that read his book and that, you know, edited his book and that did all of these things with his book. And there was still this one word. And so that, to me, that is proof that you can be an amazing author. This book is amazing. It is so good. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, it is erotic romance, um, but it's it's so good. The characters that he created are just, they're so real and they're so amazing. Um, but... You know, it's, you can have all the people in the world read your book and edit your book. They're still, like you said, they're still human and they're still going to make mistakes. So, um, there's, you know, just recognize that. There's a typo in the, in the first, um, so many of, uh, of the paperbacks of my latest book. I, I know the typo's there. It's since been fixed. But, I mean, that thing went through a total of nine human beings and <laughs> it still made it into the final print. Yeah. It's, so. it's going to happen. Um, so <laughs> one of the, one of the things that I want to make sure we get to, um, so I'm going to set you loose here in just a minute, um, is to talk about your books. We've talked about all of these other books. Um, but part of, you know, what I try to do in these episodes is introduce authors. Um, so while I know you're a bookworm and while I know you love reading books and you love talking about books, but you're also an author. And, you know, so I'm going to set you loose. Um, tell us about um, your books plural possibly um if there's multiple series just let us know about about them so that um listeners can go check them out okay so uh i do have two series um they are both in progress um we already established that i have add brain so <laughs> my <good> life <laughs> <laughs> so my first series is called penelope's dragon and i I had to have a series name because there were multiple books. Could I have named the series something more creative? Probably. Uh, does the name of the series adequately describe the purpose of the series? Also, yes. So don't don't come for me on the series name. But uh, currently that series consists of Saving the Dragon and Courting the Dragon. And they follow, this. these books follow the uh, adventures or misadventures of... Um, Princess Penelope, who uh, she has some magic powers, and she's not um, she's she's definitely a self rescuing princess. She's not the damsel in distress sort. Um, I and really like it. Of course, there's um, a dragon involved because the it's in all of the titling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, mm, can I can I spoil that twist in the first book? Considering no. there's two books out, no. Uh, so. It's really, it's really hard to talk about the second book because of the the twist in the first book. Um, but the third book was supposed to come out last year, and it did not for a whole host of reasons. Um, so the third book is still a work in progress on 
that series. I also have a uh, free short story that happens between the books that um, you can get by signing up for my newsletter. So um, just a, a plug there. Uh, I'll put I, I will put links to all your stuff in the show notes for everybody um, so that they can come sign up awesome. and, and get that story. And uh, the story is understandable without having read the first book, but I think most enjoyed after reading the first book. But um, then my other series um, is planned to be four books long, and it is called The Woodland Curses. The first book is Bared Magic, and it came out um, November of 2021. Um, the second book is Cursed Magic, which I'm currently working on. So if you follow me on Twitter, um, there's snippets all the time and things uh, of that. Um, I've been slowly having character art commission and things like that. So all that's on my Twitter, uh, a little bit on my Instagram. Sometimes I remember Facebook exists. <laughs> Um, okay, Facebook is like a toxic cesspool of just toxic people. It's yeah. I know, but that's where like the romance reader groups are. Like except except my husband. <sighs> my husband is like my husband, my mom, and my sister are like the the three people on Facebook that I'm like I would still follow you. Um, other than that, I just stay off Facebook. I mean, my my personal Facebook. I do like a lot of my Facebook friends. Um, I mean, well, okay. I, I liked all of them at some point, <laughs> or I wouldn't have friended them. Um, and, and it is fun to kind of keep up on, like, what, like, the random people I went to school with, what their, you know, what their lives are like, and things like that. But, um, so, back back to the book, though, because I just want <laughs> to ADD. ADD. Uh, yeah. So the, <laughs> no, go ahead. The, the, I, I was about to go off on a tangent, and I'm like, no, I'll, I'll explain in a minute. <laughs> The uh, the Woodland Curses books are um, fairy tale inspired. I'm not I I don't generally call them retellings because they're not really retellings. But the first one is inspired by Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Um, I want to clarify that it is not a why choose romance because <laughs> sometimes I say oh it's inspired by Goldilocks and the Three Bears and people automatically think that like all three bear shifters are like involved up in there that they're not. I just wanna, <laughs> I just want to be clear it's not a why choose. I don't have anything against why choose. I just this one isn't, so don't don't expect that. But um, and there is a uh, at least one curse in every book, which is why it's called Woodland Curses. So, um, the first book is Goldilocks, quote unquote, and quote unquote Baby Bear. Um, the the second book that I'm working on is a. A, it, the inspiration is both Little Red Riding Hood and Hamlet. Um, so. Okay. Uh, which sounds like an odd mix, but um, it's, well, I think it's going to work. I mean, I'm, I have, you know, most of the book written, so I hope it's good. We have faith in you, Sarah. <laughs> um, so that one will be coming out. Um. Hopefully the summer is the is the tentative plan. Uh, and that one follows um, the 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 big bad wolf that's mentioned in Baird Magic and um, one of the other characters. And then the th the third and fourth book of the series will follow the other two bear brothers, the older brothers, and their love interests. So there will be a total of four books. 
there might also be a novella. I <laughs> I have another. I I have a like a holiday novella, Beauty and the Beast inspired idea. Um, but I haven't done anything having, with it. So. Authors and having to choose their works in progress. That's just it. It should be cruel and unusual punishment. I mean, if you ever want to torture an author, stick them in a room, give them four works in progress choices, and tell them they can only choose one. I I have a spreadsheet. Um, and there's 30, uh, ideas on the spreadsheet in various states of, um, progress and completion. I track it with, um, like, I have, like, title of the series, the volume, the amount written, the target length, percent complete, which that column changes colors as I change the amount of words written. Um, what's the genre? Is it outlined? have I bought a cover yet? What's my target release date? Like I have this ridiculous spreadsheet and it, it goes out to like 2026. 20, <laughs> so the spreadsheets are fun. I use them for everything. Um, I, we were talking about um, my needing a, a guest for today and I had, I, I still have, um, but I've had so many people comment and, you know, say, I see you have a guest for today, but I'm free for a future date. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to keep track of this? Um, welcome, welcome Excel. Um, Excel is my absolute best friend. I use Excel and Word for pretty much everything. And I have, I mean, I literally have a folder on my thumb drive, um, that is labeled spreadsheets. I've got podcast, uh, not podcast ideas. I've got um, all of my podcast episodes listed. I've got links to all my podcast episodes. I've got um, a Pinterest schedule for Pinterest pins for my book reviews. I've got um, and a spreadsheet that lists all of the books that I've read with page amounts because um, for 2023, Instead of having a book goal, like a, a number of books goal, I have a page goal. I want to okay. read so many pages for the for the year. So I um, have a spreadsheet that's got the book title, the author, whether it's part of a series, um, what I'm reading it for, because I count editing books and proofreading books as books that I've read, the number of pages, and then I have a running total. And then at the top, I have the the running total my, my goal total, and then, and then a formula that adds or that subtracts and tells me how many pages I have left to read for the year. Nice. Um, and I do have it set up where, um, I think I have a place on my website where you can actually sign up and I will send you a blank template of that spreadsheet. If anybody wants to, um, to track their, their pages read, um, and you can actually do that for, uh, audiobooks. You can do like, you want to listen to a total number of minutes of audiobooks. Um, and you can do um, like a, a number of books goal. Um, so, I mean, you can, you can use it for um, a ton of different things. So small plug there. If you want that spreadsheet, just let me know. Um, you can head over to the show notes page, leave a comment, um, and I'll get you the link where you can sign up for that. Um, and 
I think I had a point to the whole like page goal thing, but I forgot what it was. So I'm going to instead explain the story behind my hashtag nutlife comment from earlier. Because you and I are both ADHD. Um, my friend Kira Lane was on um, the podcast a couple months ago, I think. And she also wrote me a guest post um, for my website. And in the podcast, we were talking and she had said something about being a squirrel and having trouble getting all of her nuts in a line. And, um, so we came up during our chat on that podcast, we came up with a hashtag, hashtag nutlife. And that is basically when you use that hashtag, it is, I, I don't even have ducks. They're not only are they not in a row, but I don't even have any currently. Um, I am screwed for the winter because I don't have any nuts in my collection <laughs> and the ball has rolled out from underneath me. Like it's that, that hashtag is just like, I am having an ADHD day and we're just, it, we're on the struggle bus. And so we came up with that hashtag. And so every once in a while, um, someone will say something ADD or ADHD related and I'm just like, okay, I have to use hashtag nutlife. That's what that's about. Um, so what if you ever see me use that hashtag on Twitter or if you ever hear ever, wow, if you ever hear me in a future podcast episode say hashtag nutlife, that is what that is about. That is just having a struggling ADHD day and we're just gonna we're gonna grab our Oh, wow. I almost said something totally off the wall. We're going to grab the ball that was currently under us and we're going to move on. I'll tell you, once we're done recording, I will tell you what I was going to say. I was... I, uh, I, have, an, I have an idea. <laughs> I, I am so sorry, listeners. I try to keep it so family friendly on here. Like, I hardly ever cuss. My guests usually know not to cuss because they're listeners. And um, so... I'm like, I'm, my allergies are acting up. I am so sorry. Um, you can see me. Listeners can't. So, um, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I've got between, between my three cats and the Ohio weather just keep shifting on my sinuses or it's so, yeah, it's so frustrating. I, um, I think about four weeks ago. I, um, my day job has a, one of our benefits is there's an app that we, um, that we can use to text a doctor, mm -hmm. um, and get like diagnosis for things or get medication for things. And I, because I have allergies, I get sinus infections regularly. And Same. I would say probably 97% of the time, maybe even 98% of the time, it's, I get a sinus infection. I take like cold meds for a couple of days and I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. Every once in a while, it'll get bad enough that I have to see the doctor. Yep. Get the Doesn't antibiotics. 
doesn't happen very often, but it does. So I'm like, hey, this text to doc thing, it's free. Let's check it out. So I text them. First doctor says, well, it sounds like it's viral sinusitis. We don't write antibiotics. So just take cold meds over the counter. Okay. If it gets worse or doesn't get better, I'll let you know. So I take cold meds, doesn't do anything. And so I, um, one night, it was like a Friday night and Friday night of a four day weekend that I was not happy about. Um, Friday night, my throat starts hurting and I'm like, okay, fine. So, um, my husband goes to the store early Saturday morning, gets me cold meds and I take them all day Saturday. By Sunday, not only am I not better, but I'm worse. Because at this point, the the nose running has started, the coughing has started, those little tickles in the back of your throat has started, like all of that has started and I am miserable. So I text the text to doc again and get told the same thing. It sounds like his viral sinusitis. Um, that we don't write antibiotics. And I'm like, what is the, what is the point of you guys even being doctors? Like seriously. And so I literally ask her, I'm like, okay, if it were viral sinusitis, wouldn't the over the counter meds actually be helping at this point? Cause they're not, I'm worse. Well, I can write you a nose spray. Okay. See, I would have, I would have been at the minute clinic at CVS by that point. <laughs> Ooh. So I'm like, okay, fine. So then the, the nose spray, um, is barely covered by my insurance. So it was almost, so it was almost $40 just for the, just for the nose spray. And I'm like, okay, I could have gotten Flonase for cheaper than this. Yes, I am, I am telling this, this horror story. So, um, I take the, I use the nose spray two sprays twice a day, like clockwork when I wake up in the morning, when I go to bed at night and I'm barely better. Like I still have all of that stuff going back down the back of my throat. My throat still hurts on a regular basis. I have the pressure in my sinuses and I'm like, <sighs> so I go see my doctor and I'm like, I really don't care at this point that I have to pay to see the doctor because obviously this text to doc thing is worthless. Absolutely. I don't care that they're free. They're useless. Go see my doc. And she's like, well, it sounds like it's went from viral to, to bacterial. So here's some antibiotics. <laughs> Thank you. It's <laughs> all I wanted. Cause I told her, I was like, I get sinus infections all the time. So, it, they've got to be bad for me to be willing to see not just one doctor, but three. Yeah. Three doctors. They, it's got to be bad that I'm willing to continue to fight this rather than just let it ride it right out. So, yeah. And I, I don't remember quite what the point was for that either, other than just this horror story about allergies and sinus infections and yeah. I, th I think I think you were just explaining your sniffles and that was how we got there. <laughs> Tangents galore. Um, okay, so we've got about eight minutes left or so. 
Um, what other than the the piece of writing tip and writing advice that you gave us earlier, um, what is something that you would tell like a brand new author? Just piece of encouragement or a, a nifty tip that you've used that's worked. Um, hmm. read your dialogue out loud. And if you can't imagine at that point anyone ever actually saying what you just said, change it. Um, I I can't tell you how many books I've read where I just can't imagine a grown man saying some of the dialogue. And I don't mean that in like, or, or a grown or a grown woman. Um, it, for some reason, I, I read a lot of romance and I feel like um, I just can't imagine grown-ups saying the dialogue a lot of the time. And uh, if your characters are in their 30s or their 40s, they should sound like they're in their 30s or their 40s, you know? Uh, but sometimes also just uh, people don't talk like that or you're writing so formally that it doesn't sound like something that a person would say in, you know, whatever year your book happens to be set in. Um, so read your dialogue out loud and make sure it sounds like something that someone would say. And if you are from the Midwest like me and you're trying to write something that takes place in like New York, um, make sure that you get the slang, you know, for the, the place that you're writing. Um, I've been called out many times by uh, friends and betas for like, your dialogue is so Midwest. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, read your dialogue out loud and then also cross-reference it with whatever your setting is. If it's a fantasy setting, great. You don't have to worry about that. You can, everybody can sound like they're from, you know, central Ohio. It's cool. But um <laughs> read your dialogue out loud but if it's like a contemporary romance set in manhattan then you need some you know and maybe find somebody from manhattan yep. to like read your dialogue with um yep. and you know make sure like my my husband is um italian from upstate new york and you know he will use the the terms like that gives me agita um and anybody from New York, you get it. If you're Italian from New York, you get it. Um, I didn't for the longest time. And I am Southern girl from Oklahoma. Um, and so, you know, I, I agree that, you know, if you're going to write a character from a certain part of the country um, or a certain part of the world, um, you know, Londoners are going to have different slang and different ways of speaking than, you know, someone from Wales or someone from Surrey or, you know, someone from Ireland. So, um, you know, just wherever your setting is, it needs to match that setting. Yeah. And also, I don't, I don't write a lot of contemporary, but I, I read a lot of it. And that's where I tend to find the things that frustrate me the most um if you're including a specific plant or animal make sure that it actually grows in the place that or it actually lives in the place that um you are um dealing with and if it is out of place in that place um make sure that you call out that it is out of place and that it's intentional because 
I've read books and they'll be talking about um, an animal I know doesn't live there. Like, um, we, like, if you're writing a book that's set in, in Indiana and you've got a moose, (laughs) no, like, (laughs) I've never read that particular example, but like, uh, but I have seen some where it's like, that thing wouldn't happen in that location. So make sure that you understand, like, a lot of people think, oh, I'm writing the real world. I don't need to do world building. I don't need to do that kind of no 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 you you do have to do world building and and things it's just it's different because you're researching it rather than making it up and even if you are writing a fantasy world for your world building um know your climate and go look at how animals and plants grow and live in a similar climate in the real world and you'll get more of a feeling of reality and grounding in your world building um, but yeah, I can't tell me how many times I've been thrown off by like, somebody will be talking about some animal. I'm like, that does not live there. Betcha it lives where the author does though. <laughs> so yeah. So those are, those are my tips. Make sure you're aware of your region and read your dialogue out loud. Those, those are, those are fantastic tips. Um, I, I love when I'm able to, when I have authors on here and, um, they're able to give my listeners tips and and their fellow authors tips. Um, Because I, you know, I had somebody say once, I don't off, I don't give advice because, you know, every author is different. And I'm like, well, I understand that, but there's, you know, things that work for some authors that other authors may not have thought of or a brand new author is just really struggling and just doesn't really know what their process is, they hear that tip and, you know, it helps them. And so I'm like, it's, I don't ask for these tips and and pieces of advice because I think that there's one way to do everything. I ask for them because there's multiple ways to do everything and your way may work for somebody else. And, you know, I think the main problem with most writing advice on the internet, and this is just my opinion, but is that so many people want to speak in absolutes when they're giving advice. Like, you should always do X thing. You should always remove every instance of just from your manuscript. Well, no, not always. Or you should never use adverbs. Well, no, not never. So people tend to speak in extremes and absolutes. And there's always shades of gray. I think it's, there are things that are more universal than others. Like, I think read your dialogue out loud is good advice universally. Um, But then um, write an outline is not universally good advice because not everybody is going to work in that way. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. So we are, um, we got a couple minutes left where can people find you to come hang out online? Um, and you had said earlier that you had your newsletter. So where can people sign up for that? So um, so you can sign up for my newsletter right on my homepage, which is sarah-cleveland.com. Um, I am on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I occasionally, like I said, remember that Facebook exists. Um, I usually forget that Hive exists, but I do have an account over there. Um my TikTok's not very active, but it's a thing. Uh, but if you want 
to see probably the most from me. Twitter's the best place to be. Twitter is my active platform. Um, so that's that's probably the best. I do send my newsletter once a month. Um, once in a blue moon, I'll send an extra email um, if there's a really pertinent thing that is time sensitive and can't wait for the next uh, monthly. But I try not to spam people. Typically, newsletter you're going to get, um, you might get to see character art before social media does. Um, cover reveals are newsletter first. Um, and I typically have freebies and sales from other authors in my newsletter. Um, so, yeah, if you if you like to get free stuff, uh, <laughs> I try to provide links to that. And I, I try to... Um, I can't read everything, you know, sometimes, but I try to make sure that the things I'm suggesting or linking to are, are quality. So I, I make an attempt. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay. Well, I will put all of that in the show notes as well as, um, I will put links to your books as well as to the books that we have discussed in this episode. Um, so you can find all of that. I will be sure to put um, the link to that in the description. When I get this episode published, I will be sure to tag you on Twitter when I get it shared. Um, thank you again for being, for wanting to come on the show and thank you for being available on the spur of the moment. <laughs> I appreciate no it so much. Um, I, I think I told you before we hit record that I was so excited when you um, were able to come on when I saw you comment. I was like, oh, perfect. Um, so um, I'm, I'm super excited and I'm super grateful uh, that you were able to come on and, and chat with me today. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, okay. Well, I am going to go get this started. Um work in so that I can get it processed and uploaded. And I will see you on Twitter. See you on Twitter. Bye. Bye.